Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to WineSmart. Today we're going to talk about Montecuco. And you're asking, where in the world is Montecuco? That is a great question because it is not the most well-known region in Italy. It's in Tuscany. Um, it is not as famous as Chianti Classico or Bulgari, for instance. So let's dive in a little bit and figure out what we can learn about Montecuco. It's in southwest Tuscany. It's in the province of Grosseto, but not on the coast. Grosseto as a city is very close to the coast. Montecuco is tucked into the hills north of Morlino di Scansano, which is a coastal appellation. It reaches all the way up to the southern and western borders of Brunello di Montalcino. And to the west, the first appellation you touch is Montoregio di Massa Maritima. And then beyond that, you get into Suvoreto. And then after that, you come to Bulgari. In the eastern edge of the appellation is Mount Amiata. And that is this lava dome that emerged during volcanic periods. Uh, and it reaches up to 5,702 feet or 1,738 meters. It's a very famous mountain. It has a lot of historical significance, uh, even back to the Roman Empire. The region itself, because you're coming out of that lava dome mountainous area, is hilly, and it has and as you head east, the elevation increases. The center of the Appalachian uh, is about 40 miles, 65 kilometers, south of Siena and about 22 miles, that's 35 kilometers, northeast of the actual city of Grosseto. Like many regions in Italy, the winemaking history is steeped in ancient traditions and ancient history, and, and here it goes all the way back to the Etruscans. And we see this area, which is now known as Montecucco, rising into prominence as we move into the Roman Empire. The geothermal activity of Mount Amiata promoted the use of the area for healing spas as they had sulfur springs and the, the people would go there to, to bathe in the healing waters. The region was also home to the Francigena Road, which was the major road connecting Rome to northern Italy and Europe beyond, and it became a very strategic position which attracted the attention of any um, peoples looking to, for conquest, and that included the German origin peoples, the Lombards. And they came in and controlled the area beginning in the 6th century, and they were instrumental in creating a bunch of infrastructure. They built the Benedictine Monastery of San Salvatore on Mount Amiata, and then they built fortifications in Archidoso, Campagnatico, and Rocalbenia. In addition to those fortifications, castles started being built by nobles, and the castles built during that time period were Porona, Monte Antico, Pontentino, and Colemesare. In addition to that, they also built a papal station at Vicorello. All of this is just pointing to the historic importance of the region that we've maybe lost track of in modern wine sensibilities, but has always been um, important to somebody throughout history. And wine growing was always part of it. The geology of the region is more influenced by volcanic origin than it is by oceanic influence. When you're in Chianti Classico, you have those soils that are calcareous or they are um, sandstone from the bottom of the ocean. As the hills came up here, it was more about uh, volcanic and metamorphic origins. The weather is Mediterranean with continental influence. 
and as you get closer to Mount Amiata, it gets cooler and higher and more continental. The dry, warm to hot summers are moderated by a regular ventilation, a lot of wind flowing through the region, and a lot of it comes in off the Tyrrhenian Sea, which is a cooling effect and brings in some uh, little bit of moisture. The vineyards themselves are mainly planted on the hillsides, and this really helps with diurnal temperature change because the plains are much warmer than the hills as you go up towards the mountains. That diurnal temperature change is super important for maintaining balance between ripeness and freshness, which this, this region is known for wines that are balanced between those two um, opportunities. In other words, reality, it's a very typical Tuscan climate without the coastal influence. History has shown that Sangiovese is the star of the show for reds, and Vermentino is the star of the show for whites. The area has um, a lot of history, as we've talked about, but Montecucco as a DOC does not have a lot of history. It was not even created until 1998, and the DOCG for Sangiovese specific from the area was created in 2011. So that in and of itself creates a reason for us not to know that much about it. So let's talk about the DOC wines first. The DOC wines cover a Rosso, Rosso Reserva, Vermentino, so labeled as a varietal, Bianco, Rosato, and there is a Vinsanto. So the Rosso and the Rosso Reserva wines are both a minimum of 60% Sangiovese with up to 40% other red grapes of Tuscany. Now they do exclude the aromatic reds, Malvasia Nera, Malvasia Nera di Brindisi, and Aliatico, which is good. Those don't make sense in this particular application. Straight Rosso wines cannot be released before September 1st of the year following the harvest. And the Reserva wines have to have at least 12 months in barrel and six months in bottle prior to release. So you're not gonna see them till year two. These wines often feature Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. It can be very internationally appealing due to their rich texture and power. And then the Sangiovese forward wines are very cherry centered. They have a satin texture and they're a little less herbal than traditional Chianti. The other thing to note about these Sangiovese based wines at the DOC level, they're richer in texture than Chianti because this is a warmer place, but they're less tannic than Brunello. So they have this kind of halfway medium point and they have a lot of resemblance to Morellino di Scansano wines. But those wines are a little riper fruit and these are a little fresher fruit, but that helps you maybe put the wine style into a, a frame of reference. Now let's talk about the Vermentino DOC. These wines have to be a minimum of 85% Vermentino and they offer more weight than most of the wines from Sardinia. You expect the fruit that is riper, showing orange and ripe pear alongside uh, that ripe lemon approach. Expect that spice that is common of Vermentino, which kind of reminds me of ginger or white pepper. You should expect a raw almond note in these wines. And these are just great wines for the table and a conversation on a warm afternoon on the patio. The Bianco wines are a minimum of 40% Vermentino and or Trebbiano, and that's Trebbiano di Toscana, and then up to 60% other authorized Tuscan whites. And the idea of these are great for a myriad of meals. They, they are really designed to be um, easy access, refreshing, anytime wines. Rosato from here is 60% Sangiovese and or Ciliegiolo, with 40% other red grapes, 
discounting, not allowing the aromatic grapes we listed earlier, Malvasia Nera, Nera Brindisi, and of course, Aliatico. The beauty here is that Chiliagiolo really brings a bright dose of cherry, and then the Sangiovese in the blend brings weight, complexity, and some of those rose petal notes. The Vinsanto from the area, like most Vinsanto from Tuscany, is based on Trebbiano and Malvasia Bianca. Let's spend a little time now talking about the DOCG wines, as one would have to assume that because they reach DOCG level, they are the um, most elite wines of the area. They have to be a minimum of 90% Sangiovese for both the Anata or Nomale wines and the Riserva wines. 10% of the blend can be from other authorized Tuscan reds like Chiliagiolo, Bordeaux varieties, um, and as before, Malvasia, Nera, and Brindisi, and Aliatico are not allowed here. The Anata wines, or Nomale wines, are aged for a minimum of 12 months in oak and then cannot be released before April 1st of the second year after the harvest. So that basically boils down to 12 months in oak and, and six months in bottle. Reserva wines must be aged a minimum of 24 months in oak and six months in bottle. So you're not really going to see them for till the third year. These DOCG wines can have the power you would expect out of Brunello di Montalcino, but they're a little rounder in texture and a little less tannic. And, you know, if your clients are people who love Brunello, Chianti Classico, and Super Tuscans, then these wines are right up their alley. So to get you started, I recommend buying the Vermentino and the Reds of Colemisari um, Winery. And there is a link in the show notes to Colemisari itself, as well as the Consorcio of Montecucco to help you with your research. Until next time.